Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Hey, how's everybody doing out there? (sighs) Hopefully everybody is surviving a little bit. What a time to be alive, Rob. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Man, um, this is a weird one, but welcome in, everybody. We're glad to have you. A lot of people, um, nice, consistent following, even in the doldrums of the weird or the weird time of the season this year i don't know if it's called doldrums but um lots going on uh rob and i wanted to get to you tonight and talk to everybody um about all kinds of stuff a lot of coach talk tonight uh we're gonna be talking to a lot of coaches in different sports good things bad things and everything in between really um as always brought to you by pale fire brewing and mossy creek fly fishing in harrisonburg virginia go by either one of those fine establishments mention the jmu sports blog podcast and you'll get something for free (laughs) doesn't happen often, but you will get there. So you really will get something for free. Um, and it won't be uh, college. <laughs> so, yeah. right? um, this is the coach show tonight. We are going to talk about the, um, quote, mutual parting of the ways of the men's basketball coach. Uh, we're going to talk about the loss of really one of the more impactful people, forget coaches, just people to ever be associated with JMU tonight, uh, Coach Charles McMillan of the football program. Uh, we're going to talk about the prospects to replace um, the departed men's basketball coach. And finally, we're going to do a little overtime of some of our favorite uh, fictional coaches. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Um, but Multiple first, people suggested that. Yes. So, but first, we should say a um, couple big wins over the weekend. Um, obviously, it was really great to see women's basketball, Coach O and company um, do the job. Right. They got through the regular season, those last four games after the big home wins uh, the previous week. They held serve this weekend on the road and, you know, go into the tournament. I think they are the two seed, though. Right, Rob? Yeah. Still, yeah. Like some sort of weird tiebreaker, I guess. Yeah. yeah. They, they... So, I mean, they split with Drexel, so it's hard to, like, you know, blame anything. But, yeah, they're the two seed. But at the same time, I think they're well positioned, um, you know, in the tournament. They did what they can. They certainly, at least the, you know, last stretch run of the season, they did everything they could. If they could make the final and lose a close game to Drexel, you never know. Maybe they might still have a chance at an at-large. But that tournament takes place at Elon down in Burlington, North Carolina, this coming week. And we wish them the best of luck. That um, Very impressive end to the season. I got to tell you, Rob, if they make the tournament, really hoping we get to talk to Coach O again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd yeah, be, that'd be really cool. So we'll see what happens. Um, but congrats to women's basketball tying. They'll, they'll hang a banner uh, regardless of how the seating works out. So great season so far and really, really hoping. I have seen, Rob, I think the last couple of bracketologies have had them up to like as high as an 11 seed. And one of them had, an ele- had them as an 11 seed in Raleigh, which would be kind of a dream scenario. Yeah, that'd be really, you know, really convenient and, for a lot of fans. And for you know, old school CAA fans, uh, people know that the 11 seed, uh, Mason and VCU, is the, that is the part of the bracket that lends itself to the potential for a sweet, you know, a deeper run where you avoid the one and two seeds. <laughs> um, that 11, 12 range, if you're kind of in the mid-major hopefuls. So that would be awesome, obviously. Um, but they got to win the tournament next weekend. And then I saw another uh, big rank, couple wins lately for women's lacrosse as well, Rob. Um, huge win over Penn State yeah big win so ranked on ranked you know really starting to it was good it's just been good they think they played UConn a couple weeks ago I just feel like they've been banking some wins um, 
you know, coming off that early season, the, the struggle out of the gate, they've really started to put together some wins before they even finish up out of conference play that should serve them well. I mean, I would think if they, you know, if they are the regular season champs of the CAA, the way this is shaping up, it looks like they're going to remain a sort of a top 20, top 25 team that has a very good chance of postseason play. Um, if they can do what they hope to do in the CAA. So. Well, it's one of those, I, I don't know if you, if you yeah, follow no, the game, but no. offensively they really were on fire. But the thing that people might not notice, Molly Doherty had like, I think like 13 saves. Oh, wow. Or, or, which, if you're not familiar with lacrosse, that's a tremendous number of saves. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, like a, a decent goalie. It's like a 50-50 proposition. Um, mm-hmm. So she had a really strong game. Offense obviously was the story because didn't somebody have six goals? Uh, yeah, I, well, there I were three hat tricks, right? Three hat tricks, and I think somebody had six. So yeah, yeah, just an absolute explosion offensively, but very encouraging to see Molly mm-hmm. between the pipes like that. Yeah, it really is. And um, so good, good stuff. I mean, JMU's up to number fourteen in both major women's lacrosse polls. Um, yeah, they beat Penn State and Rutgers last week. So yeah, you know, a couple of Big Ten wins. Uh, really good stuff for them. That's really good to see. And actually, softball, who is. Facing some injuries, particularly to CC Alexander, um, did beat Cal this weekend. So always good to pick up a Pac-12. I mean, there's only two major conferences in softball: the Pac-12 and the SEC. Anytime you can beat one of those schools, always a nice win. Um, so really good stuff there, Rob. I think um, I think I wanted to throw it to you a little bit first because you kind of touched the nerve yesterday. And I, well, I mean, it wasn't hard. I don't think. Um, but JMU lost the first big topic tonight was the loss of coach Chalice McMillan, who started the football program, was the first JMU football coach, a uh, longtime JMU football coach, and kind of um, just a really rare thing in college, in college sports where he never really I, – I mean, I don't know what he did afterwards, but he never really left the program that he's known for, right? I mean, he was always around the program, and he – just, you know, there was no, it doesn't seem like there was anything left sour grapes wise or some weird parting of, you know, nobody got fired or quit or whatever. I mean, it was, uh, it was kind know. of a storybook. Yeah. Ending, really ending all the way. I mean, cause he stuck around, was a professor. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people reached out to me last night, folks yeah. who had him as, as kinesiology professors and um, really thought he was very influential and remembered having very good experience with him back in undergrad. But what really touched me was the fact that you had guys yeah. and gals, um, really just people in general, spending like 40-plus years mm-hmm. offering their condolences and talking about how much he meant to them. And, and it was you know people that played for him all the way to current members of the team and current students. So really just impressive that a guy like that could be so influential and continue to touch so many lives. Mm-hmm. Um, from 1972 yeah. until now, he was just a fixture on campus. Um, Really, really neat. A lot of good stories out there. If you go search for it on Twitter, I'm sure there's stuff going on mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, just a life well lived. You know, if you if you can touch that many people and if people are that broken up uh, when you're gone, you, you mm-hmm. did something right. Yeah, right? and it's it's crazy, right? I mean, he's a guy who started the program in 1972. I, I remember the story. I mean, we've heard stories of them of him like washing uniforms, holding tryouts for lining the open, field open, you know? lining the field but like open tryouts for the student body and stuff the first couple of years um i mean when you say he started from scratch i mean really started it from scratch right it was like something from a movie yeah i mean he, I mean, he was recruiting kids from the class registration lines when you used to have to register for class in person um and then to go on from there and coach 
I mean, I think we saw stuff from Charles Haley, from Gary Clark, right? I mean, yeah, the biggest names in the history of JMU football um, who played for him, uh, you know, at, at certain – I mean, he was 13 years, I guess, as the head coach. Yeah, so some of those guys played for him. Uh, and then what, what I thought, like you said, and I don't mean to, you know, not to discount the, the guys who actually played for him. Um, you know, we know a couple of them, and they have nothing but the best things to say about Coach McMillan. But it was really cool the way he hung around the program through – Matthews, Withers, Houston, Signetti, to the point where guys in the program just in the last three or four years still yeah. were really had been, you know, impacted by him. Um, and ha- a guy who kind of stuck around as a, I don't know what to call, you know, a sage a little bit. So, yeah, yeah it's just really cool. Um, you know, really condolences to his family, to, the, to everybody that knew him and played for him. I mean, but yeah, as you said, what a life well lived and, you know, a huge loss for JMU. And it, it's that time, I guess, right? We lost Carrier a couple of years ago. I mean, some of these real figureheads in the growth of the university um, in the latter part of the 20th century, um, losing some of those people now is, is really tough. But quite a foundation that he put in place for that program. <laughs> yeah, so, for all the programs. Right? Yeah, I mean, really. It wasn't those football players that were that right. were talking about how much you meant to them mm-hmm. and their time at JMU. So, I don't know. Rest in peace, Coach. And, yep. you know, our thoughts for, for all the family. Mm-hmm. And there, there is no easy segue from there. But the, uh, the you know, the other huge piece of news, um, no use comparing types of news right now. Um, and, and huge news is all relative given the state of the world this week. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, the other huge piece of news was the Dukes uh, uh, inevitably, um, not unexpectedly, lost in the Dean Keener Memorial opening round of the CAA tournament. Um, as was typical this season, they held a lead throughout much of the evening and managed to come out on the wrong, the wrong end to a team that, you know, I, I don't know. You could say arguably they were more talented, but what Elon's still playing or was as of, is of, as of this moment. Um, so, you know, they lost to Elon in the first round, and JMU, uh, I think, as expected, uh, let Coach Rowe go in the last 24, 48 hours. It was official. Uh, it, it's always weird when they call it a mutual parting of the ways when I don't know that there's anything mutual about it. It, it was tough, and I think we're all reminded. Rob, I think you did a good job online of kind of reminding people a little bit you know, you saw those press conferences from Deshaun Parker and some of the players. It's they love that guy, right? And he's clearly meant a lot to them off the court, and in more ways than just oh, you know. We all get so obsessed with the wins and losses, and that is what you're judged on ultimately in this profession. And I don't think Coach, I mean Coach Rowe will be the first one to tell you that. But tough way to go. Um, but you know, he's a Duke through and through, and. I, I think, I, I don't know, Rob, I mean, we see some of the worst of it, but I think most JMU fans kind of, most people have handled this reasonably well, I think, um, in the way they're, in their overall understanding of this. I don't know if you feel differently about that. I mean, I know we've Yeah, had... I, I think the tide was verging on getting a little bit ugly yeah. three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, oh, you know, people hashtags and nonsense like that mm. and then i think cooler heads kind of prevailed and was like hey you know this isn't this isn't funny like obviously everybody knew what this was coming mm-hmm. it, it's been very obvious for a month or two mm-hmm. um it's just unfortunate but when you win two games in the conference 
and aren't really competitive in a lot of them. Right. You know where it's going. So I think it was less about like one of those frustration things where it just boils over and it was just a feeling of inevitable. Yeah. Of inevitability. But because of that, I think most people were pretty low key about it and kind of almost reflective. Yeah. Like it, yeah. I, I think, think we all knew it was coming. If you're, if you're paying attention it. enough, you knew. Right. Yeah. And I think most of us probably saw this coming when he was hired. Yeah. yeah like, that's I, the I don't, I don't, part. that's the saddest part. It's like everybody wanted this to work, but everybody also realized that if it did work, it probably would have just been dumb luck rather than JMU like seeing something and somebody. The, the guy was an alum and he was a great, great guy. Terrific to be around. Mm-hmm. But he, he probably would have been better off being an assistant for another couple of years and then getting the shot this go round. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it just stinks all around. Um, great guy. If you've ever been around him, mm-hmm. he's the type of guy you just, you, you feel comfortable with. He's absolutely sincere. You don't get a lot of that coach speak stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not a big press conference guy. I don't really watch any of these O'Neill's lunches or call, whatever. I, I just don't care about that stuff. I actually watched some of the press conference after the game Saturday night. That was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, Deshaun Parker and Matt Lewis, you can tell they are not faking it. They are disappointed about losing. But it's just it's the difference between fans and players. Like, absolutely, the players want to win. Mm-hmm. They all want to win. They all want to go to the tournament. But it's also more than wins and losses. To them. Yeah. <laughs> that is a guy who is responsible for them and, and helping them develop as young men. And by all accounts, he's doing a terrific job of that. Um, you know, I, it's just it was really, really tough to watch. I, I felt really bad for Parker. I felt really bad for Lewis. But then you even saw like coach got literally coaching them through the press conference and making sure mm-hmm. they're okay. Like he knew his fate and he still was there for his guys. I, I think that's why they're so loyal to him. Like he was just selfish. It wasn't working out, but he didn't waver in his support of his guys. And I I'd be shocked if 10, 20 years from now all those guys aren't so close with Roe. Yeah, me too. And, and and from that standpoint, like they can't regret their choice going nope. to play for the man. I mean, how nope. could you? Look, you look at Parker, like that is a guy, I think he wants to be a coach. He was tweeting stuff last week about his brother wrapping up his career. You know, I don't know. It just, it was really, really hard for me to watch this go down. Um, yeah. I wanted Roe to succeed as much as I've ever wanted any JMU coach I can think of in any sport, mm-hmm. but it just didn't work out. Um, and so now we move on, but it's, it's an odd time because was it four years ago when they let go of Brady, the party line was, Hey, he plateaued at this 20 win top, quarter of the CAA, that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. And then we essentially went and did a complete rebuild or rolled the dice with a new coach. Right. And, and now what? I mean, now, now it's, it's kind of a tough program to sell. Uh-huh. Um, you can sell on like raw potential, but it's, yeah. a, it's a hard job. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to do. I mean, people are banking on the arena being a difference maker. I can't imagine the arena makes that big of a difference to a coach. Right. I'm sure it helps, but I don't think it's like we're just going to get coaches lining up because of the union bank center right um i don't know so how would you feel about it were you yeah like, at all so yeah i mean it's just i, I think you put a good uh, that was a good summary in the sense of i've kind of known i mean I, I thought it's been a little ridiculous the last few weeks with people just yelling and screaming about it only because i felt like we know and if you're following the program closely you know that jeff Bourne knows that Jonathan Alger knows that that, that, that this knew. can't work, right? That if he, you know, barring a miraculous turnaround and a run in the tournament, this isn't working. 
right? And that yeah. Coach Rowe, like you said, that Coach Rowe maybe more than anyone knew that this wasn't going to go on. He only has one year left on his deal, so it's time to either extend him or get rid of him. And he's not, he doesn't cost them enough to where when you invest the amount of money they put in the arena, you're not, I mean, you're not going to go in another lame duck situation, lame duck situation. We've done that before and that's a disaster and you, there's no justification for extending him. So the idea that people were piling on the last couple of weeks while they were losing games, just because of like, you know, poor play on the court in a given second half, it just, it, it didn't, you know, it didn't sit well with us. Um, and it's really hard. Like you said, I was really, I was kind of amazed. I mean, it's a lot of pressure. I mean, it's weird for those kids. I mean, you could feel that those kids knew that they had, you know, for better or worse. And whether they think it's, you know, when you're a kid, you, you do think it's your fault if you win or lose, right? Yeah. You don't have the excuse of like the coaching isn't good or we don't have a shooter or we don't have consistent yeah. rebounding. You just think like we didn't play well enough and I cost a guy his job and his livelihood that is a guy that believed in me and worked with me and my family and knew me really well the last couple of years. And that's a really hard thing for those 19 and 20 year olds. Um, I mean, gosh, I, re- I really felt for those kids on the podium after the game on Saturday, but at the same time, it seems like everybody kind of acknowledged the way things were. And I certainly wish coach Rowe nothing but the best. I mean, I hope he, much it's weird rob I, the one thing i'll say is maybe it's cuz you and i have such like fond memories of him as a player in a different way but i seem it's also the he's just conducted himself so professionally and so decently and um with with just you know he just seems like a i mean it's cliche but he seems like a character guy and, and the team, the team, the, seem, the entire roster seems like it's full of characters. Yeah, and I just and, and without yeah. bashing anybody Mm-mm. on previous rosters, there was a lot of noise around the program under previous coaches. Well, I'll say it. I mean, look, I, I think you and I both really admired Brady as a coach on the floor. Yeah, right. And we admired the assistants that he hired around him, and what they provided to the floor. Mike Dean, a lot, a lot of distractions. But man, did they take some chances. You know, and they brought in some kids that, you know, they were willing to cast a really wide net, you know, Um, and and it came back to bite them. And I think what I was getting to is I just I think I'm going to root for Coach Rowe in the future in a different way than I've rooted for Dillard, Keener, Brady post post JMU. And I don't mean that as like, oh, I'm rooting. I don't mean I'm like hating those guys or wishing something against them. They're a little bit off my radar, though. Yeah, like I I, I I just heard the other day for the first time, like when Maryland clinched a share of the Big Ten, and I I forgot that Brady was like involved in the Maryland program somehow. Yeah. Right? And I was like, oh, I totally forgot. Where like I'm going to follow Rowe's career wherever it takes him. And I feel like just I hope, I certainly hope that Coach Rowe, I mean, he seems like the kind of guy who's going to find a way a, he seems like a real lifer, and B, he seems like someone who really cares about the college athlete experience and like mm-hmm. is going to find a way to influence young people in a positive way in whatever he's doing after this. And, you know, he's not just kind of, I don't know, we'll see. I mean, I'll just, I'll, I'll be really rooting for him to find his way again, to find another spot somewhere and have success in a different way from some of the other guys. I think that's all I could say. I mean, I'm just really, 
really disappointed. He never quite found the right, you know, whatever, whatever it was, never quite found it on the court. So, yeah. And I give him credit. I do give him credit for this year for trying to mix it up with the philosophy offensively. Um, I don't know that he had the personnel to run the kind of up-tempo modern style that Jamie was trying to run this year, but it might've been good for the program. And we'll see next year, right? It might be good for the program headed into next year that the kids learn to run up and down the floor and play a little more up-tempo, which is kind of, you know, the way things are going right now. Yeah. It does suck. And it it sucks to watch the CAA tournament tonight and see the five, six and seven seeds all in the quarterfinals or whatever it is. (laughs) Right. And you're like, this truly was, when I said it was wide open, it was really wide open. It really was. Right. Um, So, but. Rob, I, I do want to move on. If what, the, what do you think? Yeah. Just, I, I don't think we need to go through candidates, but what is, do you have like a yeah. profile for a coach that I you're d- looking for? I know there's a lot of people that want, oh, we need a big name to sell tickets or we need an assistant <laughs> in the top program or we need, you know, experience. Like what, if, if it was your yep. search to run, maybe not your cold hobby, who are the types of guys you'd be looking for? I have to say I, I, I am kind of hoping for a little bit of a name at this point. Um, I don't know exactly what I mean by that. I will, even before we get to the profile, I'll say that, um, one of the podcasts that Rob and I care about, um, uses it's football related, but they use a uh, framework to look at these things of, I think I feel, I know Rob, Mm -hmm. what are the things that I feel? What are the things that I think? What are the things that I know? And I do feel, um, I feel like I, I am somewhere between I think and I know I'm pretty close to, I know um, that the conversations have been had at JMU um, as high up the chain as they can go. And that the school is prepared from a resource standpoint in a way that they have not been in the past to seek their next coach and not just their next coach, but, the staff that the next coach might want to bring in. Um, I don't know what that means in terms of who that is, right. Or who's available at that level. Um, I want someone who I'll say this, Rob, I want someone who wants to be a JMU. That's a big thing for me. That doesn't mean they have to want to be a JMU forever, just like in football. Right. I mean, it could be a stepping stone, but they need to want to be a JMU. And if we have to talk them into coming or, they're only coming because the money's there, you know, that would give me pause and that kind of thing. Um, that worries me from the standpoint. So there's basically two types of coaches, right? There's the successful, I I guess you could say three, uh, two and a half kinds of coaches. There's the two halves are there's successful lower than JMU clearly or clearly lower than JMU successful head coaches programs that are clearly like in lower conferences. Yeah, And then there's like coaches that are successful in like J quasi CAA type conferences. Um, that's so the coach. Gone. Yeah. That's yeah. the coach that would really scare me the most. Um, because I think that's the coach that would leave, you know, I don't, I, I, I'll just say it. I don't think Wes Miller's coming. Wes Miller is not coming. He's not coming. There's He's a, not leaving that, a program that, like that. And no. I think the kind of person that leaves a program in a SOCON type conference, which is very comparable to the CAA to come to JMU they're only doing so for the resources, that kind of thing. Like, I don't, I wonder why they're doing it. 
right? If you're not successful at Mercer, then you're not successful at Mercer for a reason. And so then there's the lower level coach. And the name that we keep hearing is the coach, uh, Mike Jones from Radford, right? So there's probably pretty clearly more money at JMU. Um, and then the third kind of coach the, is the big name coach, right? And so most of those are going to have baggage of some kind, right? So you can have the Seth Greenberg. I've been out of basketball and am I just a big name and I want to get back into coaching? There's the... Yeah, I mean, he made three tournaments in like 21 years. Yeah, no, they got just, a little screwed on some of those, but yes. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I just, I, I think he was, his pinnacle was Virginia Tech and he was fine. I mean, yeah. he, he'd pull off one or two upsets a year, uh-huh. it seems. But that's a league where that happens. Uh-huh. I mean, this year, the number one team in the ACC always loses a summer they shouldn't. Yeah. What was it? Uh, Clemson is doing yeah. teams this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just – he's been out for I, – I think he is kind of the exact type of person I'd like to avoid, okay. which is big name who hasn't been around for a while. Oh, let me jump back in. it. Like, it almost seems arrogant to me to be like oh i've been out of coaching for a decade i could handle the caa like i don't know what the <laughs> I, I, I don't you know what i mean like yeah yeah, yeah. Name, no i do name, i do his name doesn't come on up every year it, it to me it's a little bit different even like not saying he's in it than like a jt3 who right. kind of had a lot of success at princeton mm-hmm. which for georgetown walked away like yeah Man, I that'd think, be true I'd, I'd be take that in a heartbeat and I'm not. I'm just using him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's yeah. somebody who's been low key. I think if he were to jump back into it, yeah, it to me it would come across as a little more sincere, versus the TV guy coming back for one last run. I just I don't I don't know where that's coming from. Yeah. Um. I think Greenberg is putting his name out there to get more money from ESPN, so I don't think it matters. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the case. Yeah. Um. The other there's two more kinds of these big name. Uh, what I said I want a big name, right? Or I might lean towards a big name. Um, there's two more kinds of candidate here. There's the um, the failed high major coach, which obviously the one that is on the tip of everyone's tongue at the moment, should he not get another chance at his school, is Shaka Smart. Um, I, I don't know if Shaka's gone at Texas or not, right? Uh, Texas has to play a Big 12 tournament. They may be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, it didn't have a great weekend, but who knows? Um, that I, kind I of mean, coach – well, what? He's good. I, like, yeah, he's good, right? We'd all be excited by that. I right? don't think he falls back down. I, I don't think you fall down below the level you that got you the job you lose. You know, like I, I don't think he falls back down to the CAA. I think he'd fall back down to a VC. You back? I'm back. Oh, good. It was me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're good. I can. I we and I uh, we were good up to last minute. So I'll trim both these. Okay, but uh, I, just, back. I, I don't What's think it? smart. Yeah, yeah go I, ahead. I just don't. I don't think he falls back down. Like I think if he falls from Texas, and I'm not even sure he will. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he'd go all the way down the ladder to the CAA. With all due respect to the CAA, yeah. I think I think he'd land at either a lower P5, mm-hmm. like one of the lower Big Ten, or like a really strong mid major level. I don't think he needs to start over. He has not been a disaster. No. I mean, he's got a winning record at Texas. It's not like the wheels came off. So No, like would uh, fans at Nebraska or, you know, Wyoming be as excited? Yeah, probably. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you think about I guess when you think about it that way, that's probably a good point. Um, and then the last kind of coach is the is the left, what I'll call the lefty category. Right, Rob? Yeah. Uh, for better or worse. And, and obviously this is the um, this is the really big name with 
really big baggage. Um, and so in this case, I, I think the, the name that you're going to hear is Patino, right? And the, at least in terms of the lefty comparison. Um, different reasons. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to, you know, make it an apples to apples comparison. Uh, I think there are some really interesting things here. I don't know if that's the way JMU wants to go right now. I don't know. I really don't know. See, I'm, uh, I'm anti-big name. I think that's going to be – I just think it's going to be trouble. Um, they got – they were pretty fortunate with Lefty. That was an unusual set of circumstances. It really was. Lefty didn't really do anything. No. I mean, that was just – that was yeah. just a very, very unusual set of circumstances. Um, otherwise, I just think it's guys that were like high major jobs or I mean, ACC level that suddenly would become available for a CA school, that's – that's bad. Like, I don't know. I, I just feel like you overpay for the name and it's, it's a move done very short sighted. Like, Oh, we're going to generate excitement for next year. I I'd rather get a successful guy from a different program. Uh, right. Kind of on the way up. I, I don't know who you get, but I, I'm very intrigued by like this guy from Bucknell. Yeah. I've heard that. Uh, I mean, I think he falls in the Radford coach. Yeah. Group. Um, Russ you know, Turner. Every time I, about, I, I think he's I really probably like, out of, Right. I, I'd I'd love him. He's out at you you um mm-hmm. at Irvine out in California. Yep. Um, I think he's probably coached his way out of consideration for a JMU type job. Um, people are throwing his name out because he grew up in Roanoke, played right here, and then I think he coached at at you. Um, where is he? Stanford, Golden State. He's been yeah, all over the place. Like yeah, I think he's probably already out of it. Um, Jason Williford, that's the guy. You know, he's mm-hmm. like this year's Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Lonergan? So he's, I don't know. he's kind of in the Shaka. I don't know. He's somewhere between Shaka and Patino, right? In in terms of, you know, I'm not sure. That's a guy that I I would at least do the due diligence. Um, I, I, would, I definitely would. Right. I don't know what happened because a lot of people will tell you that he got railroaded by an AD. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. We don't, yeah. But the fact that he hasn't landed anywhere, his name hasn't even come up, makes me wonder if if that's not the case. Or I'd look at Carl Hobbs. Yeah. From yeah. another GW. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Um, and then I, I wouldn't be opposed, and this is crazy. I would actually really think long and hard about hiring a very good high school coach. And I know that would cause fans to revolt. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't care. I mean, you look at DC. Look in the WCAC. Yeah. And check out those coaches who are just as tied into the AAU game as the college coaches yeah. um, around here. Very used to recruiting. I. It's. It's worth taking a shot. I, I just I would turn over every every leaf. Really look, but I think the big name. It's just it's an easy. It's a low hanging fruit. Oh, you win the press conference. It it doesn't work. I mean, unless you get a guy like you said who you know just wants to be there. It, you know the Tommy Amaker type situation at Harvard. The guy, the guy yep. who's been there had some success at the big level. Realized it wasn't for him and wants to be in a niche. There is the opportunity to find guys like that, but I just I, I it just screams flashing red lights to me if you just are purely going to kind of sell tickets i think it's doomed to fail yeah i i here's i'm in such a catch-22 on this rob uh, and this i mean the last thing i want to say is i'm probably going to get on board with given that fact that i i really am somewhere like i said between i think and i know that the university is willing to commit the resources to show they are committed to turning this program around mm-hmm. this time I will probably get, I, I will almost certainly get on board 
with almost any hire they make, right? I'm going to have fun with it and be more, I think I will be more excited than the last couple of hires. That's what I will say. But this is where it gets hard for me because I feel like the rapper coach or the Bucknell coach is, would be so typically JMU. And at this point, I'm really over whatever the typically JMU move is. And I have to admit that I'm probably not, um, I'm not a, objectively being very fair <laughs> it, what, about whether it's the right move, right? If it's the typically JMU men's basketball hire, I'm going to be pretty salty about it. Like, I'd rather see something else, right? I, I mean, I don't care. Hire Becky Hammond. It does, I mean, none of this matters. Like, at this point, like, I just want to see something different. different than, like, oh, this is the obvious alternative from down the street who's relatively inexpensive, you know? And that may be the wrong approach, right? Whether it's th- those kind of coaches may be the exact right kind of coach to hire. And so I'll probably look like an idiot for saying that. Whereas I know full well if we get one of those bigger name coaches, I'm going to have a hell of an off season, right? Having fun talking about the hype around JMU basketball, moving into a new facility. And you may be, you may, I understand intellectually, if not emotionally, that you may be right when they actually get on the court next year, it may suck. Yeah. Right? Well, I don't yeah, think so. I, don't, I, don't I think if you got a big name, you'd have a little bit of bump, and you're saying, but it's not going to be sustainable. I think if you get, Somebody like I'm not opposed to this idea of getting somebody from kind of the pseudo parallel conference. If we do have those resources you're talking about, yeah, I, I absolutely see like why somebody would leave, you know, for children. Yeah, you can outbid you know, East Tennessee State for Steve Forbes, then go get like the guy, I, right? I mean, like everybody's you know, saying, West Miller, West Miller, West Miller. Well, Miller but, ain't coming. But what about a guy? Well, Miller ain't coming because he's got the resources. Because he's got resources. City to recruit yeah. to. And yeah. he's got family yeah. money. And, and he's probably set up to, I mean, both those guys, Forbes, Miller, those kind of guys are probably set up. If they want to, their next job is probably Wake Forest in yeah. Tennessee. Not exactly. JMU, but right? what about like, a guy like, like Bob Ritchie, Furman? Yeah, You know, exactly. like that to yep. me, he's been there a yep. couple of years. A lot of people yep. think they got screwed out of an out-large a couple of years ago. Yeah. He's been off to great success. Like that's the type of guy that I would get excited about a, a mm-hmm. young guy. Who's just, you know, just successful and maybe his first head coaching job um, sees the potential in JMU and is like, Oh my gosh, I, I could do a lot with that. If they really commit, give me the resources. I can make a name for myself. I'm totally fine with somebody, you know, going to the tournament two times in four years and then leaving us. Right. That's fine. If you can set it up and it becomes like a football type opportunity where people start to see, Hey, Jamie is a school with the resources. You can go there, have success over five to seven years and then position yourself for, you know, I don't know, whatever to the ACC job or, or a big East job or something like that. Right. So that to me is a little more exciting. I think it's probably Mm -hmm. better with the resources Jamie can come up with. I don't know what you're, what you're really thinking in terms of the type of money and resources, but we're not talking millions. Um, no, no, we're not. But I think we're talking. Um, let's just. I, I think. I, I think this is not an I know, but this one is an I feel or I think. It sound the reading the tea leaves and and you know a little bit of contact we have with people that know. Um, it sounds like they're willing to go to the top of the CAA, yeah. right, and to put themselves in position to where. Let's just say hypothetically that there were other conferences, you know, you know, just perusing the wares of, of a school like JMU for all kinds of things. Um, you know, what would be more in line with 
the kind of, you know, who does JMU aspire to be in basketball is what it yep. comes down to. Right. And I don't think they aspire to be um, Hofstra who's probably going to win our conference and be a solid representative for the conference in the tournament. Yeah. Right. I'm not knocking them. I just think that JMU, they see an opening right now. The CAA is wide open for a program that puts, you know, the emphasis on men's basketball to dominate for the next five or 10 years, because there's just such a weird, you know, you get these football schools and basketball schools that don't want to pay a lot and don't have any money. I mean, it's just a weird time in the CAA right now. And I, you know, outside of maybe Charleston or, you, you know, I, I don't know anybody else that's shown like a consistent commitment um, along with sort of the ability to produce winners, <laughs> you know, cause I think Towson's shown a little bit of a commitment, but they haven't, you know, haven't won anything yet. So who knows? I think Cohen I, at I, Northeastern is a terrific yeah, well, coach and they just don't have any student or community support. But like, I, I can't believe that guy hasn't moved on to be perfectly honest. He is a terrific basketball coach. That's sort of, I mean, I think there's a bunch of those schools. I mean, I think Drexel, Hofstra, Northeastern, they all care from an institution. Yeah. Delaware made a good hire with Inglesbury. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think they care, um, but I don't know if they have the like, full university backing to become like an A-10 school or like a American school, you know, in the sense of what we see those schools putting in their resources. So JMU is just, I mean, we can just say that there's a bandwagon element to JMU fans. Hell yeah. That is very positive and attractive to a coach. I mean, like you, you think about how many, how many alumni are you producing a year? Yeah. Right, we're producing five thousand alumni every year who largely work and live and have gainful employment in areas of the country that are, as much as any areas of the country can be, somewhat semi-recession. I mean, right? if, if JMU could ever get its act together, if they could do it in the next three years, the CAA final would be a virtual home game. Correct. In DC. Um, it was Correct. in Richmond. It's, mm-hmm. It. It was roughly what, maybe ninety eight percent JMU fans. Yeah, right. Northeastern. Right. When you played Northeastern in twenty thirteen. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you saw what happened in Frisco against Youngstown State. That would be nothing mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. to what, unless it was maybe William and Mary. But then it's just sheer size. I mean, like JMU is a big school with huge alumni base. Um, the fans will come. They, they, we all pack Bridgeport. You can get, you know, if you get a fifth of those people to start going to basketball games, you're you're mm-hmm. leading the conference in attendance. Yep. And it's going to, I don't know. I'm excited. I I am excited. I'm more excited for this hire than I have been for any of the previous ones. I feel like JMU knows what's at stake. They know where they are. Um, I I don't know. I'm just, I'm hopeful. We'll see. Uh, I I wonder to myself if the silver lining of this is, uh, obviously, Jeff Bourne is going to make this hire, it appears. Yeah. Um, And I wonder if we might not get an extra year or two out of Bourne. Yeah. Born, who, I, in my opinion, other than this job, has been um, about as good as JMU could hope for at the athletic director position in the last decade, right? Yeah. Other than this hire, he's been a home run, and I think his decisions have been proven right, even when I, at the time, criticized them as being wrong. And I would, if if he could, if this makes him stick around a little while longer, I'd be all for it. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Rob, you want to introduce us to a really good overtime topic tonight? Yeah. Um, 
as as we normally do, we didn't really discuss this much more than a text message, but we're we're doing our <laughs> top fictional coaches from television or movies. I thought about it tonight. I'm sure I missed a few, and I'm. Excited I thought about it. I just don't really know yeah. how we're going to bound it, or <laughs> if there are any rules. Just well, you tell me if there's a top, however many. I mean, I think I wrote down. I, I know I have a top, a pretty clear top three, and then I have three or four more easy honorable mentions. Okay, you you can go first. Just okay, so you want to do. We'll do, we'll do three. We'll do our three, and then we can talk if there's any honorable yeah. mentions. All right. So my third, uh, third place. I'll, I'll go upwards to my favorite. Um, this is my one, like super sincere one, Rob. Mm-hmm. Like very earnest one. Um, I, I do love Denzel as Coach Boone. <laughs> Remember the Titans? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, obviously, like you know, the historical accuracy of this movie is, is uh, somewhat lacking. Uh, well, the team crushed everybody. It was not a, It was an absolutely dominant team. There were no close games. No, um, and, and the like whole. I, I don't know. The Gettysburg speech is a little over the top. Well, I mean, it's, but it's I would Disney run fine. through a wall yeah. if Denzel Washington was giving me a speech. So I really enjoy that. Um, and and the other guy in that movie, what's that guy's name? I like him too. The assistant coach Yost. Yeah. So yeah, just, just I, passed I really, away. Oh yeah. That's my uh, my earnest one was Coach Boone from Remember the Titans. Okay, I chose all fake ones because if not, I would have gotten him or Herb Brooks from Miracle. Oh, I forgot that that's he's based on a real character. Yeah. But I was no, okay. was, I mean yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, I, I I like that. That's a good choice. I I like Denzel, even though he pretty much plays Denzel <laughs> in every movie. Um, I got no problem. Um, with that. Yeah, <laughs> I guess one of mine would be Danny O'Shea from Little Giants. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you picked that because I didn't pick that. Yeah. I, I legitimately like this movie. Um, I've got yeah. little kids. Well, not little anymore. Geez, 10 and 12 this month. Um, but my youngest really loves this movie, so I've watched it with him. I enjoyed it. I, I think, I don't know, O'Shea was a good coach. Um, mm-hmm. He really had a complete trash roster. Those, <laughs> I mean, yeah. aside from Becky, his daughter, Icebox, um, who was manipulated into becoming a cheerleader. Uh, only to come back uh-huh. in the final game. They had nothing to work with. He, he had a bunch of losers. Um, the pressure of going up against his brother, the former Heisman Trophy winner, and, and coming through in the end. I don't, I don't know. He, he's a pretty good coach. Um, kind of the everyman. Oh, yeah. Everyman going up against the uh, star pedigree. So, Danny O'Shea is one of my favorites. I love that. That's really good. I, I'm not that familiar with Little Giants, but I know a lot of people <laughs> it's love good. that movie. So. It's really good. Oh, it's so it's good. really good. Yeah, there's no doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. The annexation oh, of awesome. Cuba, the final play. Right. Uh, <laughs> the annexation of Cuba, yes. Um, so as soon as you wrote this to me, you texted this to me today, Rob, mm-hmm. there was one coach that immediately came to mind. I did not put this coach at the top of my list, mm-hmm. but she ended up at number two. Um, and there is, I mean, I guess this just really shows my age. But Coach Molly McGrath from Wildcats, is that the Goldie Hawn? The, the Goldie yeah. Hawn, yeah. Oh my gosh, this movie. I'm. I haven't watched this in years, and I wonder. I'm like, it must be horrible. <laughs> like, I don't know how this holds up. Um, it's so funny. It's right? got to be like movie... just misogynistic humor. Well, and, yeah, there and... is that, and yet there's also this like hugely transgressive, like you know, um, I mean the whole thing, right? I mean that she's the coach of the high, inner city high school team is a good thing in some yeah. ways. Um, but I think there's like massive sexual assault potentially. Yeah, um, I, I mean, like rampant cheating, like divorce stuff. Yeah. I, it's just, I, it is hysterical. She's hysterical. Um, 
for anybody younger than us that hasn't watched this, I mean, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson are kids. I mean, literal kids on this team. Like, go back and watch well, this movie. It's got to be so... like 35 years old, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's got to be from the 80s. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, she's going through a divorce and somehow she, be, and her husband's like this complete idiot. You know, like, he's the moron. I don't know. She's the tough parent that, like, does this and ends up running this team and then has to, like, bribe. I don't even remember who the guy is that this, this, oh, Bird, the superstar player to come back and play for her. It's like 38 years old yeah. and still in high school. Um, I love her. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure there's probably terrible, like, gender and racial dynamics if I go back and watch the movie again. Yeah, a lot of those things but don't hold up. <laughs> I, I, this one might, though. It's either, yeah. yeah, and there's a part at the end where the fat guy, like, puts the flag in his pants. I don't know. Well, there's, <laughs> Anyways, there's yeah. always that. I mean, there, the, there's, there's always, always the fat guy humor in sports yes. movies. It's kind of yeah, ever-present. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I, yeah. I thought you were going to pick that, actually. Okay, you did. Yeah, yeah. of course you did. Um, well, I, I got this is this might be a little out of left field. I guess I don't know if technically he's a coach, but I'm going Harry Hodge, the crew chief for Cold Trickle, yes! and the number fifty one <laughs> Mellow Yellow Chevrolet. Yes, Robin is yep. right. Nope, so. he didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. <laughs> he rubbed you. Robin's son is racing. I mean, just for that quote alone, <sighs> or just the drinking moonshine in the back of the, the Commonwealth Zone, Robert Duvall. Yeah. Oh, genius. So I, I don't. Yeah. That, that's another movie. I mean, it, it's never going to be considered a great film by any stretch of imagination. But I cannot turn that one off when it comes up. I love that movie. Well, this is my very favorite thing. This is about the '80s sports movie, which was when they would just like remake another movie as a sports movie. Yeah. I mean, that movie is Top Gun. Yeah. Just with cars. Race cars. Yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they just ran out of sports to where they had to make all the sports movies about like figure skating and wrestling and Or Top Gun again. It's coming and, out this summer. Yeah, or, right, right. Right. Yeah. Or NASCAR. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good movie. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Harry Hogg's a yeah. good one. Yeah, well, my number one, Rob, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind once I actually stopped and thought about this, is uh, the manager of your Cleveland Indians, Lou Brown, <laughs> from Major League. And, I, you know, Nelly, our buddy Nellie and I have, I mean, for 100 years, my freshman year in college, this was one of only two movies that we owned on, oh, what do you call that now? VHS. Um, VHS, yes. And um, when he... When that guy calls him at the beginning and says, do you want to manage the Indians? And he's working at the tire shop. Yeah. And he says, I don't know. I'm going to have to call you back. I got a guy on the other line about some white walls. Yeah. So like, it's just, and when the lady comes in the locker room and she's like, put a towel on. And he's like, I'm too old to go live diving in the locker yeah. room. <laughs> oh, he's just the best. That movie in general is good. That, um, that, that movie's hilarious. That, it's awesome. Um, that movie's so good. I, I like to pretend <laughs> that the, the sequels did not happen. No. Yeah, you're right. But the first one, I mean, oh, my goodness. There's so much good stuff. And, yeah, anyways, my buddy, my high school, uh, my, high, my freshman year basketball coach, Rick Freeman, um, who played in the minor leagues with the Twins organization, is one of the players on the Yankees when they play them in the final game. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. He's like one of the extras that plays on the other team. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Well, I guess I, I I've got two more. I'll, I'll give my honorable yeah, mention. Go for it. Yeah, we got a is um, Bobby Finstock, the head coach of the mm-hmm. Beacon Beavers and Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, I just 
mostly because he he coached a werewolf, and they are notoriously um, coach killing players, just yeah, awful, unpredictable, just unpredictable terrible. Yeah. Thing, you know, um, he also had the token fat guy who I believe they called like Chubbly or something. It was like some horrible eighties. Like, isn't that fat guy like kind of a a guy that's in other things? I, I think he did. He go on I, to like be around I, for a while. I think he might have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this was just like kind of a. Finstock was of, of the model of like the 80s slacker. Um, yes. You know, where they, they really didn't didn't show coaches or teachers in that good a light in 80s movies. They're all just kind mm-hmm. of viewed as these ridiculous losers that did anything better to do. Um, he was the epitome of that kind of, of the bad news bears type type role mm-hmm. Um Seemed like a pretty terrible human being. Like, mm-hmm. didn't really seem to like any of his players, but rallied and, and got Michael J. Fox to. Um, but didn't he hit the free throws at the end to win the game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. As, oh, as himself. Yeah. As himself. So, yeah. So, uh, oh, I love that because yeah. no, the terrible human being coach is a good category. Yeah. Because I was thinking about uh, Walter Matthau yes. as Coach Buttermaker yes. in Bad News Bears, right? It's, it's definitely <laughs> it's like fit. It's, it's like a softer version of that. It's like the 80s version of, of Walter Matthau's 70s Bad News Bears role. Yeah, because you can't make Walter Matthau. Like crushing beers in the Little League dugout? No, yeah. Like, Star player showing up on a motorcycle? Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that now. No. Um, and I did think, I, I mean, I'm sure you thought about him, Rob, but I did think about Tom Hanks in um, A League of Their Own. Yeah. Just because that's pretty, I mean, there's some pretty iconic lines. I mean, no crying in baseball and just like being, how did we get here? Yeah. Um, the manager in Bull Durham, who's like, what's our record? <laughs> How the hell did we win six or whatever? Like, yeah. yeah um, and then, you know, on the more sincere side, uh, I think Coach Taylor from Friday. It's got to be Eric Taylor. It's got to be on there, right? Yeah. So. Although I was, I was looking at this today. That uh-huh. show is really good, obviously. but you For like two seasons, Yeah, right? you got, I think it was like five seasons, but you need to completely yeah. eliminate the whole Landry killed somebody season. That whole storyline. I think that's just, season two. That's actually, season two. Yeah. They yeah. just kind of like. They just forgot about that. Like, all of a sudden, Landry, mm-hmm. you know. Um, coach Taylor was known as, like, you know, the ultimate players coach and the, the model of integrity. Mm-hmm. He, had, he had four different jobs in six years. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was with Dylan, yeah. then he went to TMU and came back yeah. to Dylan after, like, a one-on-one start when the boosters fired the high school coach. Yeah. And then he went to East Dylan. And then um, his wife got the job and he moved to – Outside Philly, the prep school at the end. So yeah, yeah. Would it be like really? Um, would it be really over the line to say it's very Coach Houston? Yeah, there was a little bit of that. Like, <laughs> like, like great, great game day, game day coach, speeches, right? motivator, motivator, clear eyes, full hearts, great but, home but I on the next job. <laughs> right, but yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry, that might be a little too much. Um, and then you know the over the topness of Pacino in any given set Sunday. Sunday yeah. I mean, just come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. Was there any that were missing completely? I mean, I thought uh, about pe- like, people. People be saying Gordon Bombay and the Mighty Ducks. Oh yeah, because um, I was thinking I was like I I don't really remember the coach from like the program or blue. I mean Nick Nolte and Blue Chips, but I don't remember him being like particularly memorable. I don't know. Uh, I, pop I'm, from the Natural is <laughs> pretty good. Pop from the net. Wilford Bramley. Yeah. 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 That's pretty good. And um, uh, what about uh, Coach Hayden from, from Coach, the TV show? Oh, <laughs> that's such a weird show. It was bizarre. Why did, I, why, did, why did that show exist? I don't know. Because they just were like always in an office. 
Yes. And it was like yeah. the old guy. Yeah. And then the dumb guy. Yeah. And then coach. And they never seemed to be doing anything other than just kind of game planning or, and talking. But Co- Coach yeah. Hayden, was that, his, was that his name? Yeah. I guess people will talk about uh, Rocky's trainer, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of anybody. Mick. I'm trying to get anybody. I, I don't know. I couldn't remember who the coach was in the cutting edge. So Sorry, I don't know my figure skating coaches. What about um, but, um, what was that show? Hang time. Reggie Theus was the coach. Did you ever watch that? Oh no, it, I did not. Know. It was like a basketball version of Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. It was on the same Saturday mornings. Oh, yeah, boy. It, was, it was not great. But Reggie Theus oh. played the actual basketball coach nice. before he left to go coach at uh, New Mexico State. Nice. So quite quite the leaping. leaping yeah, he'll, he'll be back in the tournament this year with the Aggies. It looks like yeah. So yeah. Well, this is March Madness week. Uh, so we're going to enjoy some college sports uh, coming up the next couple of weeks, regardless of what happens. Mainly, we're going to enjoy the women's basketball team from JMU this weekend. Uh, we'll really be following what's going on with them. Rob, I hope to get to watch a little bit, at least uh, the latter part of the tournament, I hope. <laughs> so it should be fun to watch the Dukes. I hope, I mean, I'm really, man, I mean, they, they stayed healthy this week, at least as far as we know compared to last year when they lost uh, Kamaya on the last game of the season. So hopefully they can take it through to the end here this week. Uh, I don't know if you've got anything else tonight, but that's about where I am. No, just looking forward to it. You know, it's, it's yeah. interesting. They're going to be playing down at Elon, which is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a challenge. But I think they're, mm-hmm. they're set up for, I mean, hopefully get another shot at Drexel. Um, yeah. I think that'd be better for the league if you can get them both in there. Jamie comes out on top. And then does Drexel, I, I'm not feeling close enough, like, does Drexel have any shot of getting that large? Their RPI, they were in the 40s. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I haven't been close enough to that either. I knew that JMU was making it onto some of the lists, even when they were in second place. So I, I don't know, I guess is the answer. I, I think it probably depends on how – the women's tournament always is um, – it's odd to me because some of the bigger conferences played their tournaments this – they already played, right? I, I, they sort of do the opposite of the men – I don't know if it's the opposite, but their turn their two weekends of tournament play are kind of staggered in a different way than the men. So I never know where things stand as far as the bubble and the bid thieves and that kind of thing. And the CAA is one of the last teams to have an automatic bid handed out. Yeah, Gonzaga lost the, today on the schedule wise. Right. So that's that. a bid thief. But then like I think it was kind of chalk and Pac twelve, Oregon won and I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But um, wait, Gonzaga lost in the which side? Men or women? Women. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, who knows? Um, I just want Jamie to win the title. I know Coach O. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to win the damn win the damn thing and put this out of, you know. Put like, reach. To me, it's like, yeah, don't even worry about it. Win the thing, get an 11 or a 10, and go play. Yeah. Like, that's sort of where I am. I'm with you. Um, I don't, I don't want so we'll to win on. We'll be watching the selection show, and we'll certainly be talking about that next week, one way or the other. And we'll be watching very closely as JMU and their search firm enter the market. I would have, I'd be really surprised, Rob. I don't know about you, but it wouldn't surprise me if JMU moves fast on the coach hire. It would surprise me if they did it in the next week. I, I think fast means like two weeks, three weeks. Oh, yeah. I'd be I really agree. surprised if they did it before all the available people have been talked to. And if anybody is still, if anybody they're interested in talking to, even if it's a high major assistant coach is still coaching, I'd be really surprised if they 
you know, didn't wait to talk to everybody they want to. Seems to me they're, I mean, I know we say it's like not, I don't know, we've been up and down about whether it's a good job or not, but I think it's not a bad job. You know, I think you can win at JMU. I think you can win in the CAA. You do have a new arena. Um, you do have a university that seems committed to athletics. So I'm really excited. So we'll see what happens next week. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, th- I think they need to take their time. I mean, you, you want to quickly, but you want to be decisive and not, you don't want to rush it because you're anxious to make a decision and, and end up cutting out one or two candidates that you might have otherwise talked to. Just wait. If it takes an extra week, it'll be worth it. They need to get this one right. Um, right. So. And yeah, so to quote uh, Lou Brown from Major League, as far as uh, Coach O'Rig and the women's team says, there's only one thing left to do, <laughs> win the whole fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's go do it, yep. girls. Yep. All right, Rob, I'll talk to you next yeah, week. Yeah, have a good week, everybody.